This episode is brought to you by Task Husky. Task Husky eliminates the headache of going through unreliable developers to make small tweaks and fixes to your website. So if you need some small tweaks to your logo, fonts, pixels, or other tracking codes related to kind of the coding-based things of an e-commerce store, uh, check out TaskHusky.com. They support all e-commerce stores such as Shopify, BigCommerce, and WordPress, and it starts at $69. So it's a good way to find a cost-friendly solution to developers instead of going Upwork and going through all these developers that could or could not be uh, reliable. So check them out, taskhusky.com, and uh, thank you for sponsoring the show. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the show. Terry Lynn here, Travis Marziani. Today, we're going to talk about my 30-day challenge, part two. Uh, Terry's side, in case you don't know my voice, I'm Terry, and this is Travis. So Travis, what's going on? Yeah, so some big updates for me. I think one of the first things I'll talk about is, so the last episode, I did talk about my 30-day challenge, and I was kind of keeping it a secret what my what my niche is, what the product I'm going in. I decided I actually did a day two video on my YouTube channel, the Effective E-Commerce YouTube channel. So the first video was day one. I did day two, recently released that. Or I think it's, yeah, it'll be released by the time this podcast goes live. And I decided in the YouTube channel just to give away what my product is, talk a little bit about it. I'm I'm not going to give it um, give it away right now. So it's some incentive if you haven't checked out the YouTube channel to go check it out, see what my next project's all about. And also something really exciting for me, me and Terry have been talking about this. I, uh, I just hit a thousand subscribers on the YouTube channel, which is a, still a very small number, but it's kind of a cool, it's like the first benchmark where I'm like, okay, this is working. Yeah, because if you look at all the YouTube guides, even the guides they give themselves at Google, they're like 1,000 is the tipping point where like you're kind of like a, you know, not just a hobby channel, you're actually a channel where you can probably start getting more traction, but you still have like a long way to go, but 1,000 is like a big milestone for a lot of people. I, I For me, and maybe it's just a, an artificial point that I put in, but like a thousand's like where I first start thinking, okay, this is someone I would do collaborate, even within like with B-Dancewear, when we're looking for someone to do like a collaboration with, if they don't, if they have under a thousand, I assume that, you know, whatever, that they're just not that serious about it. At a thousand, I'm like, okay, this person has proved themselves. They're serious. So yeah, go check out Effective E-Commerce because it's awesome YouTube channel. Yeah, like 1,000 is like, all right, this guy's, you know, kind of taking it seriously, not just the guy that'll do it once a week, once a month, or just drop off the radar, too. So, yeah, and I know uh, 10,000 is when you can start going to YouTube spaces, like the ones in New York, LA, Singapore, Tokyo. Like, they have a co-working space where you can go, like, rent gear and, like, do green screen stuff. And then, you know, I think that's, like, the minimum benchmark to even go in there. And I think it's free, too. Or you just, Maybe it's, like, to use some of the hardware, you got to rent it, but, like, just to go in there and, like, work, I think it's free, so... That's, uh, I mean, I heard it's really hard though. Even if you have 10,000, there's like uh, a lot of people that have applied and there's like a backlog basically because they can't just let everyone that has 10,000 get in or there's something like that. But I think I can make a, a good case if I do. So that's my next big goal obviously is 10,000. And I think realistically, if I continue pumping out content, I could get there by this time next year easily. Yeah, so, so. There's actually, that, that's surprising that there's that many people with, 10,000 that are trying to get in like I, I didn't know the number was that high but I'm just well that's what I heard space so I don't know I mean in LA though LA is kind of the hub of YouTube yeah that is so true. yeah that's what I've heard I don't know if it's true yeah who knows already then uh, anything else for you I saw you have a VA problem that you wanted to talk about sure yeah so I mean I've been dealing with I hired two VAs I ended up firing one of them um, and I was hoping firing the one would kind of send a message 
to the one that I decided to keep, like, yo, don't mess with me. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm serious about this. Basically, like, if basically telling her if she doesn't do a good job, I don't have a problem letting her go. Uh, she's kind of still hasn't been doing great. So I've actually. The funny thing is when she works, she does do great, but she's just been kind of making some excuses and not working as much as I would like her to. So I am in the process of hiring another VA and I've like completely streamlined my process and I'm really, really happy with the way I've done it. I'll probably, I'll eventually either talk about it on here or like post a, a post something or whatever. But basically I've, I broke it down into like step by steps. Like, all right, you know, have this kind of a post and in the post, it'll say things like, send me a message, change the subject line to this, and um, answer a question. So like one of the questions I, I told them to answer is like, I host, uh, tell me what podcast I host. And you know, if they say, build my online store or how to do your 20s, I'm like, okay, cool. You pass the test. But if they don't come up with uh, the correct answer, I'm a little bit worried. I'm like, okay, this person probably, or some some people are just like, oh, I don't know. And I'm like, well, what? Like do some Google. Re- if you can't do the Google research, like forget it. And then I, ha- you can't even figure out what I do. Why would I bother hiring you? Yeah. And I have like a couple other like game theory tests that I do. I've, um, I gave them a sample project too. And the sample project so far, only one person's completed the sample project. And that to me says, how hungry are you for this job? And it, this, the sample project should only take an hour. So it's like, you know, uh, and I know a lot, I've been talking to the people that are interviewing and a lot of them, they don't have a lot of prospects. So it's like, if you're not willing to spend an hour with me, then you know, you're probably not that serious about the job. And one person got it done within a few hours. And I was like, I was pretty impressed because it was like four in the morning their time. And one of the things I've thought about, and I might do this in the future is saying, Hey, tell me how many hours this took you and I'll give you, you know, $2 an hour or whatever, like a fair Filipino wages. And then oh, I think that's a really good, t- I, I want to do that because that's a good test of like, all right, does the person say, oh, it took me four hours when it only took them one to get the $8? Or do they say it only took them 30 minutes when it really took them an hour to like try to prove that they're fast? Like, are they smart enough to realize that? Yeah. So I think, I think that'd be a really, because I could see a lot of people getting greedy and being like, oh, it took me three hours. Then I'm like, well, if that takes you three hours, I'm not going to hire you because you're way too slow. All right, so let's get into this then. So my 30-day challenge I mentioned two weeks ago was just doing a YouTube video blog channel for the Blanket Store. So I've been doing this for two weeks now. I have, uh, by the time this comes out, I think episode 12 is coming out. So I'm doing three videos a week, uh, Monday, Wednesday, Friday at 7 a.m. And the way I do it is I record Monday mornings, but I don't edit it until Tuesday. So I have a two-day window to like record and edit. So basically... On a Wednesday, I'm releasing what I did on Monday. On a Friday, I'm releasing what I did on Wednesday. And on a Monday, I'm releasing what I did on Friday. So uh, I have a gap like where I'm not like you know editing every day. So it's like every other day I'm doing something. And then Sunday, I just have a day off basically. And so these videos are only like you know four to seven minutes long, not too complicated, but uh, just kind of a way to test out the waters on YouTube, I guess. How much time do you put into filming and how much time do you put into editing for like, a, a, let's say, an average video? Yeah, so my average video, I start the day like around seven and I'm done by like 11, but I'm not always filming, right? Cause like part of the blog is like, all right, today I'm gonna go pick up some new cats. So I'll do kind of like an intro where I'm like on my balcony area, talk, telling about what's happening. And then the other part is actually recording it as it's happening, right? And you kind of have to like chop it up in between. Cause if you're just showing all action, like, well, people are like, well, why am I watching this? You gotta like stop and be like, all right, you're watching this, here's what's happening. And then it's like the Ira Glass, like sequence of events and then 
moment of reflection type of thing too. So basically I'll start at around seven, uh, do like the narrative stuff until like 7.30 and then go on the dog walk from like 8.30 to like 10. And then pretty much like a whole morning, just some, somewhere in there will be probably like, you know, 40 to 60 clips on the GoPro. And then uh, the next day I'll look at it and kind of start chopping stuff down and getting that ready. Cause usually uh, when I first started, like I didn't really know what I was filming. I was just kind of filming everything. And it had a lot of like footage that wasn't used. Whereas like now after two weeks, uh, I've been really I've been able to like chop it down where like, all right, I know I need this shot. Here's how I'm gonna do this shot. And then like this, just like the amount of cruft you get from like stuff that's not used, it's going down by like half probably. Right. Yeah, I mean, I, I watched one of your episodes and it just, I can't believe how much work you put into, it seems like it's a lot of editing and a lot of time um, yeah, going so, into I it. I mean, like compared to like, say, like say you're doing like a presentation video where you're talking about like seven tips, like it's definitely, it's much more work than that. But I feel like, like I kind of enjoy doing that anyways. And like, I would rather have something good than have something that's, you know, not edited well and have turned people off uh, in some mm. ways too, so. So wait, so how long did you say it takes you to edit then? I would say like probably like four to five hours, like on average now. But I'm getting it still, down to like, still, getting it down yeah. to like three or four, so. And so what's your goal like with this? Like, are you hoping this takes off uh, or is it just kind of a fun side project or what's going on? Yeah, the idea is kind of like do what like Eric at Beard Branded where this is like the main traffic channel for his store. But I think his is more like educational stuff. But when it comes to like animal stuff, it's more entertainment based, right? So. And the angle is going to be a little bit different. And honestly, I don't know until I do more videos and we'll see what everything comes back at. And why, um, why, because your YouTube channel is a different name than your company, right? Yeah. And the reason is that because if I get other shelters or rescues involved, um, it's just a more neutral name that they can share rather than a company name. I don't know if that makes sense. Hmm. That seems counter. I mean, I, I don't know. It seems like to me that you should do the company name because when they do share it, you know, like, yeah. Well, like the thing is, I have the dis- link in every description, so I'm not too worried about that. So, because uh, I was talking to Eric probably like a year ago, and he actually branched off that into like a new magazine too. Like his whole, like, like he b- built a new magazine called Urban Beardsman, where it wasn't related to beard brand, but it was still like a niche publication in some ways. Uh, and he was funneling that back to beard brand too. But, but I think like either way, you just you just have to start making. Like I don't think it really matters until you start making it too so because you could just talk about this all day and if you don't make it well really nothing's changed i guess fair enough yeah okay so i was listening to an episode of this week in startups the other day uh, they had the ceo of this company called shots where i think they make uh comedy content on youtube with like floyd mayweather i think justin bieber was on there and they have like these homegrown kind of like uh comedians so it's basically they're saying like 20 years ago you watch snl right but now it's like they're building their own snl but on youtube in some ways, and they were saying that, like, you know, even based on the stats, like, if you have 100 videos and your average viewer watches over 50%, like, that's already really, really good. And I think they have, like, 70 to 80%. So, like, you know, if you watch a video, most, there's people that drop off, right? Every minute, two minutes, and, like, not everyone watches every video. But if you have, like, over 50, apparently that's uh, really good, too. So, because, like, in YouTube, you get pretty good analytics if you look at, like, your watch time and everything. And I noticed mine was, like, around, like, I don't know, 57%. And people are dropping off after like three minutes. So I got to like either A, make my edits tighter or just shorten everything and just throw out more stuff on the table and make make it so that it's easier for people to finish, I guess, 
uh, in some ways. Because if you think about what YouTube does, all they want is people to watch videos so they can show more ads, right? So it's like the more you can keep people watching your videos, the more it should work out for you too down the line. It's kind of my guess. Right, yeah. I, that's something that, I don't know, it's interesting to me because to be honest, I probably stopped watching your video right around the 50% mark. And I'm trying to remember why. Um, I, part of it's it's not really something I'm super interested in. It was To me, it was more watching it, like to see what's going on with you. Yeah. But Did you ever talk to your epic wildlife friend about this? I'm curious. Oh, he's got all kinds of tricks. Yeah, no, so he says things like definitely some kind of hook. That's one of his big things is some kind of hook, like stick around to the end. So I, you know, at number seven is going to be crazy or whatever kind of thing. Uh, I will say lists do help, which isn't at all the style you're doing, but like a list is very in, like, I'll stick for a list just because like, I don't know. There's this like continuity element. I'm like, well, I saw uh, seven, six, five, four, or, you know, whatever, all the other ones, seven, six, five, four, like what's three, two and one going to look like? Um, that helps. He also does like lots of like little subconscious things. And, you know, if you have a thumbnail that doesn't come to like the end or something like that, where it's like, oh, what's, what's this thing? Like, I want to see why is it, or why is this video called that? Um, that helps. But I, I think the big thing, like, you know, like if you have a million, but you have like, you know, one person watching your videos, like it doesn't really make any sense to in some ways. Also. Yeah. And maybe that's a reflection of, I don't think he's, and I don't mean this as an insult to him by any means, but I don't think he's putting out the highest quality anymore. I think he's just trying to go for volume. Yeah, yeah. Because there's a thing where like daily vlogs is like, where like I think it blew up in the last year or two, essentially. And so like the more, the better. And, you know, you might get a lot of subscribers that way too because uh, people subscribe. It's very few people will unsubscribe. You know, like it'd have to really piss me off. Like the channel would really have to annoy me before I'd unsubscribe, but I might stop watching their videos because I'm like, yeah, they suck. Yeah, like you'll you see know? the notification, but you just won't watch it anymore. So like, yeah, yeah. Because then, then the, like, it's like how engaged is your actual audience and everything too, so. Right, kind which is probably hard to keep up, you know? Yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. All right then, so that's for that. Uh, I guess maybe we'll go in some production tips that I've learned in the two weeks. Uh, I guess like, so every like video you do, I'm sure you have some kind of structure too, right? To your videos, like to the upload process. I think like when you first start out, it's a little bit tricky because you're not sure how to do everything. But after like two weeks, I feel like, all right, I know this is what my intro looks like. This is what my captions are. Like I'm not making a new title every time. And I think you get more streamlined uh, as time goes on too. And I think one thing that helps is that having a template folder for everything. So like I have a folder of like called like vlog template, right? And in there, there's like another folder for like import footage. Uh, audio, sound effects, titles, and the final output. And then I can just clone this every time I need to make a new video. Instead of being like, all right, I'm going to save this on my downloads folder, or do I save this on my desktop? Or like, at this hard of the hard drive, like, things can get really messy too. So I think like organization and not just how you set up your editing, but also in your footing, um, in your footage and like importing that and everything too, like, would make a lot, lot, lot of people's lives easier, I think, too. And especially if you have an editor, if you have like an external editor, I'm sure they need a structure like this to really work well, too. Yeah, I've, I've got a whole system down and I've refined it like over the, the year or so I've been doing this. Uh, it's so much easier now. Like, I, I don't know if I've ever talked about the way I do it, um, but basically what I do is I have, I just create like a PowerPoint. And then I put the put the computer underneath the camera and use that almost as like a teleprompter. And at the same time, I'm pushing the buttons. I'm timing out the video. So, so basically, once I'm done, I have a video file that I have my VA take out the green screen 
and then she adds in like an intro that's like a standard intro and then she adds in the PowerPoint and that's pretty much it. She's done. I mean, there's, there's a little other steps like audio and stuff like that, but it really helps. So that way I can have a lot of graphics and a lot of things happening, but it doesn't take a lot of editing. So, so as you're talking, you have the PowerPoint video show up as like a B-roll or some other image, stuff like that, right? I like superimpose it on top. So it's like seven tips for your Facebook ads. And then it's like um, step one and I'll click the clicker button at the same time I'm saying it. And I'll, I'll like, if I don't know what it says, I'll read off the screen. Like, but it's so close to the camera. I mean, sometimes you can kind of tell, but if you're not looking for it, you're not going to notice it. But like, I mean, sometimes you will see like my eyes kind of shift down as I'm like reading one of the bullet points, but I'm, I'm timing out the PowerPoint. So then I save it too and export it as a video file. And then that kind of happens in the background. It doesn't look like, I mean, it's still got the black background. It just looks like, you know, text is coming in, flying in and whatever. Yeah. That's what I learned too. I started wearing sunglasses a little bit because one, when I'm outside, it's bright, but also two, that if I'm not looking at the camera, like I think it makes people uneasy if you're holding a camera to yourself, but you're not looking at the lens, your eyes are like shifting. Like as a viewer, like you get kind of agitated by that. So there's one vlogger I follow. He basically, he always wearing sunglasses because he has that flip out screen for his cameras and he's always looking at that. But then you don't see his eyes going back and forth looking at everything too. So, cause that, that would probably drive some people insane actually and all of that. So, yeah. All right. So do you have a VA edit yours or how does that work out? Yeah, a hundred percent. And like, um, I hate, I hate, hate, hate editing videos because it's like just so tedious and I don't feel like I'm doing anything I'm getting anything done. And I, the, I've also streamlined mine to the point where it's like, it's just the boring work. Sometimes it's kind of fun to edit a video if you're going to do something like some of my early videos with effective e-commerce I enjoyed because I really like put my soul into them. Uh, but then I realized, you know, I put my soul into a video and to get like 100 views and then I'd barely try on another video and it'd get, you know, 3,000 views. So I'm like, mm, maybe I, and I, I think doing the PowerPoint method is like, 90% as good as doing it like step by step and like putting in the images and putting in the titles and doing all this work that I originally did because I didn't know any better. Um, so it's like, I, I think as a viewer, you don't really, you don't really care. It's your, if you're a viewer of my content, it's more to learn about e-commerce. It's not to be like, Oh, look how pretty that video is. Yeah. yeah. It's like the marginal benefit of doing that isn't really useful, I guess too. Yeah. It's just like, cause like what I do is like, kind of more action vlogs, so like, like, like I don't need to film all three hours of my morning so I need to like chop it up and make it more interesting uh, in some ways too but I guess it's like different natures video uh, what you're doing and what I'm doing too so anyway let's talk about hardware a little bit so what hardware are you using when you do your videos uh, Canon T5i um, then I have a green screen I got I got all this stuff on Amazon actually I put all the links up on the effective e-commerce website uh, so I got a little bit, I got the Amazon affiliate links going on there. Uh, but the, yeah, the Canon T5i is dope camera. I mean, the first camera I ever got was the Canon T3i and I wanted to get that same camera. I didn't realize that like, that's an older model, but it's just, it, it works. Even the T5i I think is a little bit old, but it's like, I think you save a hundred or 200 bucks rather than getting like a T6i or something. And yeah. there's not a huge advantage. Yeah, exactly. And, and like, for like, because you have a tripod, your camera is pretty stable in your studio, right? It just like stays there. Yeah, exactly. Because like, for me, like, I thought about using a camera like that, but I was like, no, I don't really want to be walking around with a, you know, a thousand dollar camera on a tripod holding a dog that might drop it. And then, 
my whole vlog vlog would be ruined. I look so stupid. So uh, what I use, I just use a GoPro with an external mic on like a little bendy tripod octopus type of thing. And that's kind of good enough because, you know, even if I drop it, it's not going to break. And and you just, yeah. Do, I mean, that's just $150 like typical GoPro or do you have like a more advanced? Cause yeah, I, just, more advanced I got like ones. an old GoPro Hero 3, which came out probably like three years ago, four years ago. It's like 100 bucks, 150 bucks, And then the external mic I use uh, the Rode Video Micro, which is like 60 bucks, 65, maybe 70, depending where you are. And the tripod thing was like 15 bucks. So like the whole rig didn't cost more than like 200 to get started. And then, and then the editing software I pirated, obviously. So obviously. <laughs> I love that you admit that. That's awesome. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like, uh, what's Adobe going to do? I mean, I know I'm just <laughs> a little vlogger. They're not going to sue me. No, I know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so I guess like if you're going to vlog too, I guess maybe like depends on what content you're going to make. If you're going to just kind of do more presentation wise, I think maybe Travis has said it where you have like a studio and a camera and like light setup. That makes sense. But if you're going to do like action outside a lot, like, you know, you got to think about like, A, what if you drop this? B, you know, like getting good audio, all that stuff. So, like for me, GoPro works well just because during the daytime it looks fine. And then, um, you know, if I drop it, I don't have to worry about it breaking. Like, there was a video, I don't know if you saw this a couple years ago, where someone was, like, skydiving, and their GoPro fell off the helmet, and then, and, like, and then like landed on, like, a farm, and then it didn't break. And they kept recording. And then this pig walked up to it and, like, tried to eat it. Oh, what? I didn't <laughs> see that. That's yeah. It seems like an advertisement like a, for GoPro right there. Yeah, it's, like, it's so indestructible. You just throw it out of the plane, and it'll still be fine, so... Yeah, but I guess like some of the GoPros, the thing that your camera has, you have that flip out screen, right? So GoPros don't have that. So what they have is a iPhone app or like Android app, and basically a Wi-Fi streams it to your phone, and then you can then look at your framing uh, based on your phone. Because like when you first start out, you don't really know what the lens, like how far the depth of field and the wide angle is, and you kind of like you sometimes you hold it in your face, but if you hold it too high, you'll like chop off your face, and it just doesn't look good. So a lot of that. I think it's like, you know, getting used to holding this camera in a certain way and framing your actual videos around that too. So, yeah, I think the app is definitely a time saver. Uh, one thing also too is like if you're running around a lot, like you're driving or like walking, like it can get really shaky, which kind of gets annoying. Whereas like I think your camera, the lens has like stabilization if uh, you were going to do that too. But really, because like that stuff just makes people dizzy and then they'll probably stop watching your video, I think too, which is probably what I have to start cutting out a lot. Like use more stable shots, but less walking around holding it on my hand too because even if you like think your hand is really smooth walking around like then you look at the footage you, you step on a bump your all your hand isn't a gyroscope that can absorb that right so it's like it's like don't don't overestimate uh the way your hand is stable but there's a tip i saw online where if you put your camera against your face like on your, your chin like generally speaking your head is much more stable than your arms so if you hold, press it against your face and you walk around, you'll get a much, much better shot than just holding in your arm in the open because your arm kind of like goes up and down left and right too. So, But you look really dumb though. If you're holding a camera against your face, you look really, really dumb. Yeah, But you get a better shot. So like, you know, that's, if that's what you're after, that's what you got to do. Well, what about just like on the fore, like the, the, the headband type thing? I've seen people with like a headband put it on their forehead. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, exactly. You want to put it on your forehead instead of say your chest, right? Because your chest, you can go left and right. Like your head, I guess like if you think about it, if when you move left and right, like your head kind of stays level, right? If you just like do like the weird MC hammer dance, like your head kind of stays much more stable than your arms. So it's just kind of like the reasoning was that was what he was telling me. So the physiology of the human body, I guess. Yeah. All right. So let's talk about vlog narratives. So earlier we were talking about this guy, was it Shay Carl you were talking about? 
Uh, he's probably not listening to this, but I think he has like 1.6 million subscribers. And I watched some of his videos too. It's kind of just like, oh, he's a dad vlogging with his kids going to like, you know, laser tag or something like that. And like, honestly, I think some of these vlogs are kind of boring. I, yeah. And I think a lot of it is just because the entry level is so low now with YouTube. Anyone can upload anything, right? So it's like, well, super boring. Just it was you know, awful. Go get a coffee today and talk about. Donald Trump or something like that and then that could be like a vlog someone would watch but I guess if you do it long enough it's kind of like oh you know maybe this guy's got a cool opinion but I don't know that, that's the part that's crazy to me is what he's doing I find so mundane and boring and I watched his most popular video and I watched another one of his videos and I'm just like this is awful and I think that like to me, I'd watch someone potentially, it's like, all right, we're trying to start up a company. Like that's why I'm doing my thing, the 30 day thing. But I realized that watching his videos is, that's great what I'm doing, this whole like 30 day thing. And I'm doing like a recap at the end, but maybe it'd be better to, in an ideal world, I just don't want to do the editing. In an ideal world, I'd actually show what I'm doing. Like do it live. Like, all right, well, here's me uh, calling up some co-packers. Here's me doing X, Y, and Z thing, you know, whatever. Um, instead right now I'm just saying, all right, well, this is what I did. And I show some examples and I like, one of the things I did was bought a bunch of competitors products and I'm like, oh, here's all the competitor products, but it'd be kind of cool instead to be at, uh, you know, Whole Foods and being like, oh, well I'm here. Like, look at the prices, look at, you know, there's the whole role road dedicated to this. I just yeah. don't want to edit that. That's like what Gary Vaynerchuk has, but he has a guy following him around doing that, right? That yeah, D-Rock Gary guy. Vaynerchuk would yeah. never do it if he had to do all that editing. Exactly. You know, yeah. like, he just wouldn't have the time and it wouldn't be possible for him to do all of yeah, the stuff like, that he has to do too. Like, I think when he used to, I mean, I assume when he started, he had to edit. And what did he do? He just didn't edit. He's just like, all right, we start and we end, you know? Yeah. Well, Wine Library TV was also a sit-down show. It wasn't like a running around the city in New York and going to meetings and doing deals and all of that too. So I guess it's like, it, it, I guess it comes down to like the type of narrative you want to create for the video too. Right? If you're just doing like a recap, obviously that's the easiest way and the most efficient way too. It's just probably like as a vlog, it may not be as interesting because you're missing out on a lot of action too. But like if you if you listen to his, his thing on Daily V is, all right, I have this guy D-Rock following me around. It's like, wouldn't it be cool if like I actually bought the New York Jets 10 years from now and then people could see my journey from like, day one to like day whatever thousand right I was, oh yeah and then like, you know his kids can watch it when they're old like oh well my dad was like you know when he was 30 building his business and like his grandkids can watch it. it's kind of cool because like, you look at like you really those like old world war ii stories where like oh like you know the guy writes to his wife he's like about to die go off to war and, like, oh that's kind of cool but then now it's like with youtube you could actually do this and and build it like a whole legacy platform in some ways but it's just i think like maybe day to day it seems mundane but for like you know you give it some time perspective you know, it could be different down the line. Cause like, how, cause like, let me think of this. Like, would it be kind of cool if you saw like a vlog of how your parents met or like, you know, they went on their first date or like whatever, or how your grandparents said, that'd be, it'd be kind of cool. Right. I mean, I don't know how much I would pay for that, but knowing that that'd be out there is like, Oh yeah, maybe something kind of cool that you can make uh, over time too. Well, like, I mean, you know, for me, it'd be like, you know, I'm a big Tim Ferriss fan. And like, if I could see like a weekly recap of like from when he first started his, you know, brain quicken to like actually, you know, selling his whatever, I'd, I'd probably pay for that. Like, you know, if he was doing it 10, 10 minutes a week, um, I'd probably pay for that and be like, how did he do it? You know? Yeah. But the like funny if, thing like is when you're start- work week was like a four year right. video blog, like twice a week, I would, I would probably watch that. <laughs> Yeah. So I think, I think like one of this thing is like vlogging is probably like the new reality TV online now. If you think about it, like remember like the real world and like all this, like the apprentice and all this like weird shows they had in like the nineties to like 
you know, even now, like what Bachelorette or something like that. Like, oh, it's like, you know, YouTube is like kind of like an extension of some of the reality TV elements because you're actually seeing someone's life in real time, right? It's just without all the production drama and everything else that they kind of manufacture for TV too. So, yeah, that's interesting. I don't. I'm just thinking about all kinds of different things now. Like, should I just strap a GoPro to my head for a day? And I mean, I, the the problem is life's kind of boring. You exactly. Know? Yeah, yeah. But it's like, hey, what like, if you know your grandkids? Be like, oh, hey, here's my you know granddad Travis. He made this video back in the day when he was a toy. That's kind of cool too, right? It's kind of like a legacy thing for us. But it, but then it's like I feel like if you're going to just do it like half-assed, don't do it at all. Cause like you're going to put a GoPro on your head for six hours a day and you're not going to edit. Well, then what's the point of having that footage? Like no one's going to watch like a two hour ski video and just sit there and eat popcorn. Like you gotta like have some narrative to that too. And then, then it's like, well, that's a whole another line of work that like would distract you from doing what you're actually doing in the video too. Right. Right. And that's where I just don't know if the ROI is there. Like, I mean, even at my YouTube channel right now, you know, I was, going through and I was looking at some of my videos and a lot of them are like under a hundred views. And I'm like, I put in a lot of work to that. And I mean, every once in a while though, there's one that's like, you know, 5,000 or something, but yeah. that's a good number. Know, that's a really good number. Yeah. But then it's like, I mean, like you never know what you're going to make that works until you actually make it too. Right. So like, yeah, I mean, I have an idea yeah. <laughs> like the, the two, my two best videos, I, I figured they'd be my two best videos. Yeah. Cause I think over time you get more data, you get more numbers and you get better at the production process that you just kind of get better at making videos too. Or just anything like writing or like, you know, audio stuff. It's like the same thing too, I think. Yeah. Alrighty, so I guess uh, that's it for this episode then. So I'll link up to what I mentioned here, that This Week in Startups, the episode with the CEO shots.com. A uh, very cool episode. Definitely check it out if you're into video stuff. And uh, yeah, we'll see you uh, in two weeks, Travis. All right, see you guys later.